Good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Daily Oz. It is Thursday, the 14th of April. You're with Sam and Zara here for another morning of news, nearing the end of the first full week of the 2022 federal election. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking to you about what the White House describes as the most oppressive abortion laws in the United States. They're in Oklahoma. We're going to tell you more. But first, Zara, what is making news this morning? From one side of the political spectrum to the other, yesterday we heard from Adam Bant. He is the leader of the Greens Party and at the National Press Club yesterday, he announced the Greens' plan to get dental care included in Medicare. When asked how the policy would be financed, Bant said, the Greens will make Clive Palmer pay more tax so you can fix your teeth. To Ukraine now, and the mayor of Maripol has said 21,000 people have been killed in the city since Russia's invasion of Ukraine began. Mayor Vadim Boychenko said, We know and there is evidence that bodies disappear from the streets. We know that there are so-called concentration places where they hide bodies. We call it genocide. We call it war crimes. The Sri Lankan government has announced it is suspending repayments on all its debt, and that is amid growing protests across the country. This is the first time since its independence that Sri Lanka has defaulted on its foreign debts. And today's good news, we haven't had a COVID good news in a while, so we thought we'd throw one in there. COVID-19 restrictions were relaxed in WA overnight. So from today, only household or intimate contacts of a positive case will be considered close contacts and need to isolate. The governor of the U.S. state of Oklahoma has signed a bill to introduce a near-total ban on all abortions. Sam, talk me through the law. This isn't the first of its type that we've seen in recent months. There seems to be a trend, but talk to me about this one in particular. So this new law is due to take effect in August and it will make it illegal to perform an abortion in the state of Oklahoma. Anyone found guilty of performing an abortion could face up to 10 years in prison and a fine of up to $100,000. The only exception the law provides for is when an abortion is performed to save the life of a pregnant woman in a medical emergency. It's worth noting the pregnant woman involved would not face criminal charges, but nonetheless, they are being described as some of the most oppressive abortion laws in the United States. Here's what Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt said at the signing of the bill yesterday. We want Oklahoma to be the most pro-life state in the country. Uh, We want to outlaw abortion. All right. So Oklahoma shares a border with Texas and Texas is a state that introduced similar abortion laws last year, right? Exactly. And this is where the laws that are currently on the table in Oklahoma are going to have a real compounding effect. Oklahoma's abortion centers have seen quite a dramatic increase in patients traveling from Texas, where abortions now after six weeks of pregnancy have been banned. And that ban was introduced in September of last year. So in many ways, Oklahoma is a critical access point for Texans seeking an abortion. And the stats don't lie. The stats show that there's been a 2,500% increase in the number of Texan patients traveling to the state for treatment compared to the previous 12 months. And that was from the Planned Parenthood Centers in Oklahoma. 
Governor Stitt addressed this in the press conference yesterday. He said, we certainly don't want Texans coming up into Oklahoma for the procedure and that this bill will take care of that practice. As expected, almost immediately after this bill was signed into law, a number of groups came out and said that they challenged the law in the courts. What else are we seeing in US courts in this space? Because there's a fair bit going on. It's an interesting time for abortion law in the States. And if we kind of zoom out straight away, we're expecting a U.S. Supreme Court decision on the right to an abortion in about June. And this is after the court heard arguments in the case of Dobbs First Jackson Women's Health Organization. The Supreme Court, as a quick reminder, is the highest court in the land and have the most power to set the tone for every other state in the U.S., So in this case, the state of Mississippi is seeking to ban abortions after 15 weeks, and they've asked the Supreme Court to reconsider the precedent set in 1973 by a case that we all have heard of, Roe v. Wade. And that case established that termination until a fetus is viable outside the womb is legal. All right, so let's go through Roe v. Wade. It's the thing that is always brought up. It comes up at least in every abortion case, but it also remains central to our understanding of the Supreme Court and what is kind of within the realm of power there. So take me through Roe v. Wade. So we're going back to 1973 here, and this is where the US Supreme Court decided 7-2, so seven judges voted for two against, that the 14th Amendment of the US Constitution provides a right to privacy, and this right to privacy protects a pregnant woman's right to have an abortion. This essentially meant that access to safe and legal abortions is a right enshrined by the Constitution and can't be outlawed, like the law that we're seeing in Oklahoma. In 1992, a separate case in the Supreme Court reinforced that this 1973 case was correct, and it said even more explicitly that the government cannot impose a, quote, undue burden on women seeking an abortion. So 50 years later, after Roe v. Wade, the country, though, is still split on what should be done about abortion, and it's become a very divisive political state-based issue. So currently, if we take it into 2022, abortion is legal in the US. Individual states in the US have an ability to create laws to restrict abortion, as long as those laws don't impose an undue burden, that phrase that I mentioned earlier. Now, the term undue burden isn't actually fully defined anywhere, and that's why there's so much ambiguity in state and Supreme Court law. And there's constant arguments about what undue burden is and what it isn't. It's these different interpretations of that phrase, undue burden, that have led to recent tighter abortion restrictions in Texas. After Roe v. Wade, conservative states started testing what abortion laws they could create that would withstand legal challenges. One of the ways that they tested the limits was with the so-called heartbeat bills. Can you go into what that is? So heartbeat bills prohibit abortion once a fetal heartbeat can be detected. So that's generally six weeks into pregnancy. Pro-choice advocates argue this is essentially a ban on abortions because women might not even know they're carrying a fetus six weeks into pregnancy. So heartbeat bills have been around since 2019, but they're really coming into popularity in the last 12 months. 
Several U.S. states have recently enacted anti-abortion laws, including Arizona, Idaho, and Wyoming. Now we're talking about Oklahoma and Texas. And according to a U.S.-based research organization focused on reproductive health and rights, there's about 30 U.S. states that have introduced some sort of anti-abortion bill this year alone. Last week, there was another Supreme Court confirmation. How does the makeup of the Supreme Court affect this type of law? Well, I think this is why so many Americans think that the judgment in June might be one that criminalizes abortion. It could totally shift the interpretation of Roe v. Wade, which has stood for 50 years, paving the way for a law like the one we're talking about now in Oklahoma to come into force without the fear that the Supreme Court of the United States will overturn it. So there's nine judges on the Supreme Court. At the moment, six are Republican and traditionally more conservative when it comes to abortion rights, and three are Democrats, and they're traditionally more progressive. You've just mentioned there that we have a new judge appointed to the Supreme Court. That's Judge Kentaji Brown-Jackson. She'll be replacing a retiring progressive judge, Justice Breyer. All right, so to circle back to where we started here with the Oklahoma laws, obviously our audience had some strong views on it. I'm curious to know what the reaction more generally across the world has been and certainly in the US to these new laws. So we've seen massive protests outside the Oklahoma state legislature and obviously as we saw on our post the volume of noise on social media from those who feel passionately one way or the other to these new laws is quite high. Interestingly, we haven't seen you know material impacts of these laws as the law hasn't come into force yet. That's not for a couple of months. But if we look to neighboring states, we've actually seen quite an interesting private company response. Brands like Apple, Bumble and Levi's have offered to cover travel costs for employees who need abortions in neighboring states when similar laws were passed in Texas. This is obviously more difficult now as one of the neighboring states of Texas, Oklahoma, now has quite similar laws. We'll round out with what the White House is saying about this. They're calling it the most restrictive legislation regulating access to reproductive health care. And Jen Psaki, the White House press sec, said, make no mistakes, the actions today in Oklahoma are a part of a disturbing national trend attacking women's rights. And she added that the Biden administration will continue to stand with women in Oklahoma and across the country. That's all we have time for for today's episode of The Daily Oz. If you're interested in learning more about this or any other topic, follow us on Instagram at The Daily Oz. It's where nearly 350,000 people get their news every day and we'd love to have you on there as well. Thanks for listening.